You are listening to the Tom Eliff Podcast. Tom Eliff pastored for 42 years and was also the president of the International Mission Board and the Southern Baptist Convention. He is the founder of Living Word Publications. Now, here is Tom Eliff. With me, the first part of the fifth verse of the 23rd Psalm. As we think together this morning on the 23rd Psalm, of course, continuing our series through this passage on Psalm 23, we've come to this portion which says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And this morning I want to ask a question. The question is the title of the message. Now don't laugh. Here it is. What is your diet doing for you? Some of you are laughing. What is your diet doing for you? That's the topic of the message this morning. Now let's repeat together this portion of the fifth verse of Psalm 23. Let's say it together. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Let's say it again. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now let's pray together. Heavenly Father, our prayer is that your Holy Spirit would put his hand of blessing upon the offering as we give it. And Heavenly Father, our prayer is that you would attend with great power and great blessing the preaching of your word this morning. I pray, dear Lord, that you would somehow move in such power through this congregation, that you, Holy Spirit, would somehow touch the hearts of men and women and boys and girls in such a fashion that every one of us would see how absolutely it is important it is to eat, to feed spiritually in the right places. And Father, we trust that you'll bless this offering. We trust that when we come to invitation time, your spirit will move in hearts and lives will be touched and changed. There'd be many who would say yes. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. you a question this morning. What does your diet do for you? Now, I know that diets are a major concern to the American populace. As a matter of fact, I am told that the process of dieting and all the special foods and all the books that are written about dieting has become a multi-billion dollar industry in our nation. We are consumed with this whole issue of dieting. It's hard to find a person who says, well, I'm, I don't care anything about what I eat. I eat anything. I eat any place. I've never had any problems with what I eat. But every place you go, you meet people who say, well, I'm concerned about what I'm eating. I don't know whether this food is really the kind of food that promotes my health or I believe what I'm eating is making me too heavy or I'm not eating enough. I haven't heard that a lot, but there are some people who say that. Dieting is a major interest. I heard recently about a brand new diet which some of us may want to try. It's called a garlic diet. You eat all of the garlic that you consume and someone asks, well, what does that do for you? Well, actually, Dear friends, you will not lose any weight, but I promise you, you don't look as heavy from a distance and nobody's going to get close to you. So some of you may want to try that, uh, that garlic diet. Well, you know I am not speaking about physical food this morning. I'm speaking to you about your spiritual diet. 
Dr. R.G. Lee, who for many years was pastor of the Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, was seated one evening at a meal along with a friend of mine. My friend was on his way that next fall to seminary. And Dr. Lee turned to him, he said, well, young man, I hope when you get to seminary, you will at least have the sense of a cow. And my friend said, what do you mean when I get to seminary, I should have the sense of a cow? Dr. Lee said, you're going to hear all kinds of teaching when you get to seminary. He said, now generally, because of the particular school you've chosen, most of what you hear is going to be right. But you need to have the sense of a cow. And a cow has enough sense to eat the hay and leave the sticks. Well, my friend, I want to tell you something. There is some hay, but there are a lot of sticks in the food that is being fed to believers in our generation. And so I want to ask you this question. What is your diet doing for you? Now, sadly enough, there are many people whose only feeding time spiritually throughout an entire week would be a worship service like this one this morning. Now, I commend you for being here. I'm delighted that you're here. I praise the Lord that you're here. I trust the Lord will speak to your heart while you're here. But my deepest prayer is that while you are here, you will discover that you cannot be a spiritually healthy individual if all you do is eat from the table of the Lord once every week. Let me ask you again, what does your diet do for you? Now, that question came to me as I read the scripture text for the message this morning. As we are studying through this 23rd Psalm, we have come to verse 5. And in the first part of the fifth verse, we read these words, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, I want to show you this morning the heart of the Lord, his concern for your spiritual care and feeding. Now, the truth of the matter is the entire 23rd Psalm gives itself to expressing our Lord's concern as a shepherd for his sheep. That is, for those who can say this morning, I know without question I have truly been born again. I possess God's gift of eternal life. If I died or if Jesus came, I would spend my eternity with him. Now, if you can say that, you are one of the Lord's sheep. And the 23rd Psalm is an expression of his care and feeding for you. Now, we're going to move this morning to a different level of care and feeding. You've often heard someone talk about the fact that the problems that believers have are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Well, initially... As a baby Christian, your primary concern, your primary difficulties will be with the problems of the flesh. By that I mean your own sinful nature, your own sinful tendencies, the spirit of the flesh warring against the spirit of the Lord within you. And of course, we are told in the first part of the 23rd Psalm that the Lord literally bends himself to overcome the natural tendencies that we have. He restores our soul. He leads us beside still waters. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But now we've come to a passage of scripture which talks about a different level of walking with the Lord. 
And I want to tell you that on this different level of walking with the Lord, you will discover that the difficulties are not only sinful tendencies from within, but actually you're going to encounter the predators from without. And you will discover that out in the world, not only are there those actively used by Satan himself who would dissuade and distract you and somehow cause you not to grow as a believer, you will find that in the world itself, just like plants grow up in a pasture which could be poisonous to the sheep, in the world system itself, there are things which are poisonous to you. And if the shepherd does not somehow go before you and prepare a table before you, you will be absolutely devastated as a believer. And you'll be one of the Lord's sheep, but you'll be a sheep who has difficulty. You'll be a sheep who has anything but good health. You'll be a sheep which does not reproduce after its own kind. And so I want to show you the heart of the Lord this morning, and you're going to discover, many of you, why it is so important to choose the right fellowship, that is, the right church, the right folks with whom to worship and with whom to study the Word of the Lord. So if you will, with your Bible open, let's look at three different issues this morning. First of all, I want you to notice with me the importance of the place the shepherd chooses for you. That's the first thing, the place the shepherd chooses for you. Often when I ask people about where they're planning to attend church, you know, you've moved to this community, you're going to join church, yes, they'll say. Well, what are your criteria? Well, we're looking for a church that is close. We're looking for a church that has a lot of activities. We're looking for a church that is conveniently located. We're looking for a church that will take care of the various members of our family so they won't be in our hair, basically. We're looking for a church that's real nice. We're looking for a church that is comfortably situated. And we're looking for a church that doesn't place a lot of demands on our life. Now, that's our criteria. Do you know how much sense that makes? That makes as much sense as it would make to choose a restaurant, not for the food you're going to eat while you're there, but because of the setting or its convenience. Well, I sure get sick every time I eat there, but it sure is close. It sure is handy. Well, it gives me a heartburn, but I tell you, I can walk there, you know. Listen, God cares where you attend church. Did you know that? God cares where you fellowship. He cares about the kind of Bible study that you get. I'll tell you one of the things that is of grave concern to me. Everywhere I go, I meet people these days because they're Christian television stations, they're Christian radio stations. I meet people who say, well, I just leave the radio on all day long. And some of the pe people that teach and preach I like, and some of them I don't like. Well, friend, if there are those which are not feeding you properly, you don't need to leave it on because it's coming into your system. That's like the shepherd saying, well, sheep, now you can graze here on good grass, and uh, there's some briars between you and the next good grass, but you go ahead and eat the briars so that you can get over to the next patch of good grass. My friend, you don't do that. God cares what you listen to. God cares what you watch. I've seen people sit down and just ingest all kinds of spiritual teaching. They're very entertaining. They don't really know whether they're right or whether they're wrong. Often they do not use the criteria for the, of the Word of God to measure what they're hearing, but they say, well, it's a Christian station. Well, it's a Christian 
television station. It's a Christian radio station or it's a Christian book. Now, I'm for all of these things, but I'm telling you that not everything that wears the brand name Christian is good for you. God cares where you eat. He cares what you eat. And your shepherd is very particular about your diet. Now, where should you fellowship? What kind of food, what kind of family should you move into to get the proper kind of, fe of feeding? Well, notice what he says here. First of all, it is a precise place. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. A precise place. This word table is a very interesting word. It doesn't actually mean a table like the kind of table you would be seated at in order to dine, although in sheep language it is the same. It's the equivalent. Actually, the word here is the word such as the Spanish people would interpret as mesa, a mesa, a higher, elevated, flat place. As a matter of fact, the shepherd would go out very early in the spring before moving his sheep up to that area, and he would find a place where he knew the grass would be luxuriant, where there were a minimum of briars and brambles and poisonous plants, where there was a minimum of shrubbery or brush so the sheep could be seen very easily. He would go prepare this table for them. And it's very important for you to understand that the Lord has a precise place where he wants you to fellowship. I don't know how many times I've heard this, but over and over and over again do people come to me and say, Brother Tom, the moment we walked in this auditorium, the moment that choir began singing, something in our heart said, this is the place for us. This is the place for me. God has prepared this precise place for me. So, first of all, notice it is a precise place. Secondly, notice it will be a prepared place. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, this word prepare in the original language is the word in the Hebrew, you put in order a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, here's what a shepherd would do. A shepherd, as I said, would go out. He would scout out. There might be other mesas. There might be other places where sheep could range and forage, but he would try to find the very best. It was a precise place. He knew when the thaw began to take place, the snows began to recede up the mountain, he knew exactly where he wanted his sheep. Secondly, he would go into that area and he would prepare that place. He would remove from that place all the kind of vegetation that would be poisonous to the sheep. There are certain kinds of plants that just naturally grow in those higher elevations. If a sheep eats those plants, that sheep will die. He would pull up those plants. He would mark them off. Sometimes he would put rocks around them to make sure that his sheep did not get near them. He would clean out those streams. He would sometimes actually build little dams across a stream in order to dam up the water and to make it a deep but still running place where the sheep could quietly drink without fear of the predators, without fear of any kind of danger. He would walk across every foot of that land. He would make sure that that pasturage was prepared 
for the sheep. Now, dear friend, let me tell you something. Not only does the Lord want you to feed at a precise place or places, he wants you to feed in a prepared place, a prepared place, a place where the Lord has moved in and has done work and has uprooted and has taken out those things that would be divisive and distracting and disturb you in your spiritual growth. I was visiting with a lady one time who said, oh, I tell you what, I love to go to, and she named the place where she attended church. She said, I just love to go there. I said, why do you love to go there? She said, well, she said, Brother Tom, now this is the way she said it, they don't teach no doctrine there. I said, they don't? She said, that's right, they don't teach no doctrine there. And I said, you know, that could be very dangerous for you. She said, what do you mean? Isn't it doctrine that always causes problems? I said, no, as a matter of fact, you don't have any leverage. You don't have a skeleton. You have no cohesiveness, no direction without doctrine. She said, but I thought that people always argued over doctrine. I said, dear friend, listen, you must find a place where the people's hearts are turned toward the Word of God. And the Word of God becomes a standard for their worship, for the practice of their life, for all that they do, they find it in the Word of God. Of God. So it is a precise place. It is to be a prepared place. And by the way, it is also to be a protected place. Thou preparest a place for me in the presence of mine enemies, he says here. Now, <clears throat> this word for enemies is an interesting word because it means either things or people which would afflict or literally which would squeeze us and limit us. It actually refers to the narrowing or the, the process by which something is clamped down. And so what he's saying is here that this shepherd goes out and even in the presence of those things which would limit us, even in the presence of those things which would cause us to be less than we are supposed to be, those enemies out there in the world, this shepherd will protect us. He prepares a place for us in the presence of our enemies. Many times the sheep, as they would bed down for the evening by that campfire, they could look out and there on the rock which somehow rimmed around this pasturage, they might see the eyes of those predators, those animals which would graze upon them just as they grazed upon the grass. And so they would know that it was important for them to be in a place where the shepherd was attentive, where they were protected from those things which would cause them to be less than God wanted them to be. Now, you may think the primary criteria is whether a church is close or whether they've got a nice building or whether it's comfortable or whether the music's good or the preaching is flashy or where everything's taken care of, where that church is under no strains whatsoever. But let me tell you something, dear friend. God is particular about where you eat and he wants you to eat at a precise place there is one place where your life can be growing better than any other place that is that table land we sing Lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land and you ought to be saying dear Lord you lead me to that precise place that prayer prepared place that protected place because that's where I will find the best food for my spirit now He's careful about that place, the place of the, shepherd's, of the shepherd's choosing for you. Notice the purpose of the shepherd's choice for you. The shepherd has a reason. He didn't go to all this trouble just because he likes to climb around the mountains and pull up weeds. The shepherd goes to all this trouble because he has a purpose in all of this. And I want you to see the shepherd's heart. I want you to see the shepherd's purpose 
and going into the upper elevations when it would be so easy to stay down low, going up where, there where there were predators when it would be easy to stay down low because there would be so many people and sheep that the predators would be gone, going up there where you had to walk along those mountainsides and climb down through those valleys and then up again. It takes effort to do it rather than staying down low. The shepherd has a purpose in preparing that kind of tableland for the sheep. What is the shepherd's purpose behind all of this? What is he looking for in your life? How can you tell whether you are actually feeding where the Lord wants you to feed? All right, let's look at it. I have three phrases which I believe will help you to understand why your diet is so critical. First of all, the shepherd wants you to receive nourishment. That's the whole purpose here, that the sheep receive proper nourishment. As a matter of fact, the tableland was that area high up in the mountains where the most luxuriant grass could be found. Unlike the grass which sheep would eat in lower elevations, grass which had been trodden upon by men and by sheep, grass which often had disease in it because of the sheep foraged over it over a period of months, why it would begin to breed disease from the very parasites that the sheep would, would carry in their bodies. It would become disease, it would become filled with death. Unlike that kind of grass, the very best grass for the sheep could be found up on the mesa, that is up on the table land. Now, if the shepherd just wanted to keep his sheep alive, he could keep them down below. But the shepherd wants to do more than simply keep you alive, dear friend. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be nourished. He wants you to become a healthy Christian. And so one of the reasons it is so very important that you find the right place to feed, one of the reasons I ask you this question, what is your diet doing for you? You see, it should be nourishing you. It is imperative that you be fed from the Word of God, not just entertained. And one of the things that so distresses me these days is that many people think if the entertainment is good, then church was good. Well, I was just blessed out of my socks. Where oftentimes when they walk out, they don't walk out with a new truth. They don't walk out with a new principle. They don't walk out with a new grasp of the armor God has given them. They don't walk out with anything that will better equip them to face the problems in their world and make them more effective as believers. They just walk out having been excited because, man, was that good entertainment. My friend, that is not how God wants you to feed. I mean, you cannot be a healthy sheep and eat simply cake all the time. You can't just eat cotton candy all the time. And so it is imperative for you to be nurtured on the sincere milk of the Word of God. Now, one of the things that um, is of concern to me is that all of us understand how important it is to be fed spiritual food. That is principle upon which we can base our behavior as believers. Now, when I was um, just entering into the ministry, there was a sweeping movement in the United States 
and it was called the Jesus Movement. And I mean hundreds, thousands of people came to know the Lord. I mean in cities all across the community. Dell City was uh, not untouched by this. I mean we had the Jesus Movement, and it just swept like wildfire across our nation. So many people were caught up in the Jesus Movement. And one of the great statements of the Jesus Movement was, we don't have any doctrine, we don't have any discipline, we just love the Lord Jesus. That's the key. We're just enthusiastically in love with the Lord Jesus. My friend, that's wonderful. You ought to be enthusiastically in love with the Lord Jesus. But why, after a few years, was that movement passed and gone and very little residual effect felt on our nation? Why? Because it had no discipline. There was no nurture in it, no nourishment in it. I can take, for instance, a, a jar of water. I can pour it out on hot pavement. Pretty soon, that water is dissipated. It's gone. It's evaporated because it is not in a container. But if I put it in a container, give some discipline, some direction, some order to it, I can set it out there, and it will remain day after day after day. God intends for you to be nurtured, nourished on his principles. Those are the disciplines. That is the container of your life. And so the shepherd takes the sheep up there in the first place because he wants them to be nourished. Are you being nourished? That's the question you must ask yourself because God wants you to be nourished on his principle. All right, here's a second question or a second observation. The shepherd takes the sheep to the tableland because he wants them to remain near. First, to receive nourishment. Secondly, to remain near. To remain near. In fact, one of the prophets in the Old Testament said, woe be to the pastors or the shepherds who scatter the sheep. Now, how does a pastor or a shepherd scatter sheep? Well, a lot of ways. First of all, by just being impulsive. I mean, a shepherd has to learn to walk calmly amongst the sheep or he'll simply scatter them. I mean, if they do not sense a, a calm spirit in him, then they'll not have a calm spirit. If they believe he's impulsive, if they believe he doesn't uh, somehow realize that just over his shoulder they're predators, well, well, they won't have a calm spirit. That's how shepherds scatter sheep. Another way they scatter sheep is simply by not feeding them. By not feeding them. When sheep are not fed, they simply, I, I know people, they say, I'm just starving to hear the principles of the Word of God. I want to grow up in the Lord. I, I want to move beyond simply eating cake or getting cotton candy all the time. I want to grow as a believer, but I am starving to death. And many times, sheep will go virtually any place. They have no discretion, and so they'll pick up this book, and at least it's a religious book, and they'll read it. They'll turn to this program. Well, at least he sounds a when he preaches, they'll listen to this, they'll listen to that, they'll read this, they'll take, because they're hungry, and the sheep begin to get scattered. But there's another thing that will scatter the sheep. If the shepherd does not choose the pasturage properly, if he doesn't find that mesa land, he'll end up with a place that has a lot of shrubbery, a lot of brush in it. And the sheep will have to range far and out of sight of the shepherd in order to get food. And one of the primary responsibilities of the shepherd is to find that tableland where, at a moment's notice, he can know where all of his sheep are. He can see where they are. They're not all in the same place any more than you or I are in the same place spiritually, but at least there can be that glance which will say, this is where the sheep are and this is where we are headed. And so you're to receive nourishment, you're to remain near, and notice this final uh, reason that the shepherd takes you to this table land. He wants you to reproduce new sheep. If the land is hard, 
the water is scarce, the grass is depleted, those sheep will be totally occupied with just eating, just staying alive. But when that shepherd takes them to this luxuriant mesa land, this table land which he has prepared for them, it's not very long before little lambs are running all across that pasture because healthy sheep reproduce healthy sheep. And one of the signs of spiritual health is other people being born into the family of God. You say, Brother Tom, we hear so much about evangelism explosion. Here we're having this big emphasis this evening. You're encouraging all of us to come. I mean, how many times do we hear, have to hear about the importance of leading people to Jesus? My dear friend, it will be a sign of your spiritual health when you get interested in leading people to Jesus because healthy sheep reproduce healthy sheep. And so we've noticed, first of all, the place of the shepherd's choosing, and then secondly, the purpose of the shepherd's choice. And I want to show you finally this morning the perspective of the shepherd's choice. The perspective. Why did the shepherd choose that particular place? The place of his choice, the purpose of his choice, now the perspective. Why does the shepherd choose a place where, for instance, it's a tableland, it's up high? Secondly, it's a place where they're predators. I mean, why not just stay down here where it's very safe? Now, the two observations I'd like to make, and this is going to be very difficult for some sheep to swallow this morning, but my prayer is that somehow you will be able to ingest and then digest this truth this morning. All right, here's the first observation. Development requires determination. Let me say it again. Development requires determination. Let me put it this way. Dear friend, you're not going to become holy just by hanging around the house. You're not going to become a healthy, reproducing sheep just simply by hanging around, just by letting somebody else work you over, just by messing around. If you're going to develop as a child of God, it will require some determination on your part. It will require an expenditure of energy on your part. It will require discipline on your part. You know one of the reasons that a lot of God's sheep like to go to the kind of fellowships where they believe in a quick fix? Have you noticed that? Man, you just get down here, you get zapped, that's all you need. Man, you get it, you got it, that's all you need. Now, you come back two or three weeks later, maybe you need to get another zap, but the thing that intrigues people about that is you don't have to be disciplined. You don't have to be determined. You don't have to walk with God in the Word of God day after day after day. All you've got to do is simply get zapped, and then you'll just be all right with God. My friend, listen, if you're going to develop as a child of God should develop, you have to have determination. And so the shepherd moves those sheep from that lowland where that death-ridden grass is up to higher elevation. But friend, elevation requires exercise. And if you're going to go on with Jesus, and if you're going to move up in your walk with Jesus, if you're going to exercise yourself in the faith, you are going to have to have some determination. And so the shepherd looks at these sheep and he says, I know that you don't like this because sheep like to stay in the same place. I know you like it down here where it's flat. I know you like it down here where you've been, but it's time for you to grow. And for you to grow, you're going to have to expend some energy. You know the reasons why some people here have not grown? You listen to their prayers now, it's the same prayer they were praying 10 years ago. Listen to their talk now, it's the same talk of 10 years ago. 
They don't have any more spiritual apprehension than they've ever had. They're not leading any more people to Jesus than they ever led to Christ. Their prayers are not any different. Their hearts are not any different. Their disciplines are not any different. You know why? Because, you see, to grow, there's got to be some discipline on your part. There's got to be some determination on your part. If you're going to get up there, somehow you've got to make it up there. It requires determination. And so, from the shepherd's perspective, he sees that it's good for the sheep to go up. It's good for the sheep to go up. It will exercise them. It will give them a workout. And it will produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Notice this one other observation, and that is that development also requires dependency. Not only do they go up to the tableland, but he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Dependency. You mean I'm going to have to trust the shepherd while well, I look up there at those mountains, I look at those elevations? You see, it gets dangerous. The higher you get with the Lord Jesus, the more dangers there are, as a matter of fact. I mean, you've got to have discretion, but more than that, you've got to have dependency on the shepherd. If you don't trust the shepherd, if you don't depend on the shepherd in those higher elevations of spiritual life, you'll discover yourself going astray. You'll discover yourself being deluded. You'll discover yourself eating, swallowing, following doctrines which will absolutely devastate you as a believer. And so to develop, it requires not only determination, but it requires a dependency upon the shepherd. And so the shepherd knows there's nothing wrong with taking these sheep up to the tableland because on the way up, they're going to be exercised, and in the process, they're going to learn to trust him. Let me show you this just in a, a microcosmic way. Here's a, here's a couple, let's say, who come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And they read the Word of God, and they say, well, we believe the Word of God is right, and they're eating, they're feeding on the Word of God. They read something in there that says, you know, the tithe is the Lord's. And so they say, well, we're going to start tithing. And there are all these fears with tithing. They look out there and see the predators. They say, we can't afford it. That's one-tenth. And then all of a sudden something clicks and they say, wait a minute, everything we've got is the Lord. He's simply asking for one-tenth of it here. And so we can do that. We can trust the Lord. They do that. They trust the Lord. They discover it's a wonderful experience of faith and God blesses them. He opens up the windows of heaven. He pours out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. He rebukes the devourer for their sake. He keeps all of his promises. But then they begin to grow. Springtime comes and the shepherd says, it's time to move up. Move up, yes. Uh, we're going to go through the valley and then right on up to a different level. It's going to be called giving. You're going to move out of tithing because you, you can't give until you tithe first. The tithe is already the Lord's. You've got to move up to the level of giving. Now, wait a minute. A tithe was enough. How can we give? But they read and they say, well, you know, the shepherd has never let us down. And so we're going to do that. So they begin giving. God begins blessing them. They discover that they can't, there's not room enough to receive all that God gives them. They cannot outgive the Lord. But then the shepherd has something else in mind. He keeps pushing away and pushing away, and they get up on that table land. They look at that luxuriant grass, and the shepherd says, it's all yours, but you've got to trust me. You've got to depend on me. Why? Because I don't want just your tithe. I don't want just your gifts. I want you. Will you give your life? For some, it's a matter of answering a call to service. Will you preach, be a missionary? Will you respond? For others, it's a matter of saying, Lord, I am totally at your disposal. I will teach. I, I'm available to you anywhere, anytime. I am your person. And the shepherd says, that's the table land that I've wanted you to be eating on. But the only way to get there was to move from down here to up there. And then all of a sudden, it begins to click. The very things that I thought were my enemies, 
Why I won't have this, I won't drive this, I won't wear this, I won't look this way, I won't have... The very things that you thought were your enemies, all of a sudden you discover in the midst of that, he is preparing the most luxuriant table. You are being nourished, you are growing as a believer. God cares about the place where you eat. He has a purpose in your eating there. Can't you see his perspective on that? He wants to somehow exercise your determination and bring you to a point of dependency on him. That's why he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Would you bow your head? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed and we have come to a very important moment in this worship service. It is invitation time. I believe there are folks right here in this service this morning who would say, quite honestly, Brother Tom, when you speak about a precise place, I know, we know where that place is. For we know how the Lord has led us here and fed us here. And so this morning, I want to say yes. This morning, we want to respond in the affirmative. We want to open our hearts to all that God has for us this morning. We say yes, yes to the Lord God. Well, dear friend, this is your invitation. And I believe in a few moments when we stand and the choir begins singing, there'll be individuals, there'll be families, there'll be others who'll say, you know, God has led us here. This is where we are to feed, and this is the place that God has chosen for us. You know, folks are already coming. Families are coming. Others of you ought to come and just say, Brother Tom, pastor, church family, this is it. This is that table land upon which we are to feed. And God bless you as you come. Yes, sir. As a family comes, others, you just come on. Well, you know what? God has spoken to us. And there are others of you who would say, you know, God's calling me out. I see now what I thought was, was going to require such discipline and determination. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I'm up to it. All of a sudden, now I see that's where God wants me. He wants me to exercise my faith, to become dependent on him. Well, God bless you as you come. You'll want to come to this altar, talk with one of these counselors. Some of you would have to say quite simply, you know, I believe I need to follow the Lord's command to be baptized openly as a confession of my faith. Well then, dear friend, this is for you. This is that next step up to the table land where you can nurture and grow and be determined and dependent upon the Lord. But I believe there are those of you who would say, Brother Tom, my problem is this. I don't have the confidence I'm one of the Lord's sheep. I'm not sure if I died, I would spend my eternity in heaven with the Lord. Now, dear friend, already many people have come, probably a dozen or so folks have come to this altar, but let me ask you this question. Can you say this morning, I know I have God's gift of eternal life? Well, friend, before you leave, you can settle that today. Before you leave, you can settle that issue. You can know beyond any shadow of a doubt you have God's gift of eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. John said, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe on his name. My challenge to you this morning, dear friend, is to come to this altar and say to one of these counselors, I want to trust in Jesus as my Savior. Now, have you settled it in your heart that the moment we stand, you will say yes to that which God God is putting on your heart? Is it a matter of a precise place, a prepared, protected place? Is that the issue? Is it a matter of surrendering to the Lord, becoming dependent on the sheep? My friend, I want to urge you, the moment we stand, make your way to the aisle, make your way forward, say yes to Jesus. Now, Heavenly Father, I trust you by your Holy Spirit to do your work in our lives on this your day. 
Father, I pray many people would make this the biggest day of their life, their eternity, the day they chose Jesus as their Savior. Bring people to this altar to open their hearts to you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. The choir begins singing already. There are people...